Welcome back to another episode of Switchboard. This is a particularly exciting episode for us. This episode is in celebration of International Women's Day, which although it takes place on the 8th of March, we're celebrating it a little bit early with this episode. And we're sitting down with some guests to talk about their work um, in terms of women's empowerment in Cambridge, as well as what International Women's Day means to them and how they're celebrating this year. Yeah, I think it'll be a really exciting way to get ourselves all a bit hyped for International Women's Day. Um, It's obviously so many different ways to celebrate it in Cambridge, which we can learn about from some of our guests and appreciate a bit more about lots of the work that goes on to make sure that there's a nice community in Cambridge. Yeah, definitely. And also some really interesting conversations about you know, some of the challenges that are posed to women and also some of the challenges that come along the way with um, working towards gender equality and working towards um, the empowerment of women and of people and of um, marginalized genders in general. Um, So definitely a worthwhile episode and worthwhile conversations to be having as we approach International Women's Day. Plus, we have a special treat for you. At the end of the episode, instead of our usual Ask Vulture segment, we have a poem read aloud by the poet herself, Sarah Degbute, called A Record of My Daughter. So look forward to that as well. I think with that, let's get into it. Let's go. First up, we spoke to Astrid, the former women's officer at Lucy Cavendish JCR, a little bit about the transition of Lucy Cavendish of including men and younger students and a bit about her role and experiences. My name's Astrid and I'm a second year HSBS student at Lucy Cavendish College. I was actually in the JCR last year so I was a women's officer for the year coming in now and yeah I think Lucy's now transitioned from being a mature women's college to being like a quote-unquote mixed college or just like open gender inclusive college Um, and that's been a big change. There's a lot more students and yeah, I haven't been on JCR for that, but it's, I know a lot of people in JCR and it's been a, been a big change. Yeah, so obviously it happened quite recently, but what is like the current gender split in Lucy Cabin? Can you like, can you sense that it used to be women's only or does it feel like it's quite mixed now? I don't actually know the exact split of it, but it's definitely a lot. Like, I think it's pretty much um, not equal yet, probably, but there's been a lot, a major intake of um, men this year as well and and it's definitely noticeable I think especially in like the fresher freshers cohort but also we have a lot of master students um I think just also because it became standard age at the same time that it became also a mixed college um and so yeah there's just a lot more people and you can notice that it's more now mixed and they're trying to do a lot of initiatives around that and I think we definitely had a lot of conversations about it last year because I knew when I applied that it would be going through this change. Um, and I think there's been a lot of um, initiatives around trying to make sure that the transition, it stays true to kind of its heritage or like its founding legacy sort of of being like an outsider, m- mature women's college um, and staying tr- true to that through like whether it be we had a women's conference last year just to like kind of celebrate everything that had happened and looking forward I think students have been really engaged in trying to make sure that um, the shift is a good one and they've actually I think Lucy was one of the highest intake of underrepresented backgrounds this year um, for all Cambridge colleges and that's definitely something they've said that they were going to focus on because of the change so that's really yeah it's been really good. 
That's really cool. So I'm curious, like from both your time on the JCR and just like since you've been in college, um, from what you've seen, what has that transition been like and what have what have students reactions or even um, kind of colleges reactions to that transition been like? Yeah, I think there was definitely a bit of resistance and because there's always been this great feeling that Lucy's so such a safe space and just like um, a very tight knit friendly like community and it's so rare that you get to have like mature women as well like older women or women with families um, sort of very very like in, in with the community and it's it was really nice coming my first year and it was just like instantly felt like home and I think people were worried that that would change um, so we were really conscious of that uh, working in the JCR and we tried to do um, sort of longer term policies and things that would actually make a difference so we focused on trying to create still like a feminist atmosphere at Lucy and like making sure that it wasn't a shift in atmosphere it was more just a shift of it me being more inclusive and just making sure that everyone felt welcomed and I think a lot of people were excited as well just removing that um final sort of like gender barrier or like um becoming fully gender inclusive because there had been a lot of initiatives before to make sure that trans students felt welcome at Lucy and just gender queer and like gender non-conforming students feeling fully included. And I think I was really excited about that being easier and just like a non-question basically. And then also that they had those promises that they would focus on getting more um, students from underrepresented backgrounds in. But then we have like seen a bit of, there's been a lot of difficulties as well, just with the intake being so much bigger and also a few initiatives focused on making men feel um, included in a majority women's space, which can be a bit problematic sometimes, sort of men using the same methods that maybe marginalized group use to feel included. And it's it's been a difficult one, I think, but it's really been amazing to see how many students have been engaging in this issue and really, really conscious of making sure that it stays true to like a feminist legacy and like expanding that feminist legacy so much because even from the beginning, you know, there's it wasn't like a really radical start. There was always like an overrepresentation of white middle class women. And um, so I think, yeah, I think it's been really cool to see students engage with it. And I think there's a lot of work to be done and it's really exciting. Yeah. So all these kind of different like challenging environments and atmospheres and stuff, how did that kind of relate to your role as women's officer? Was it a bit more challenging than you anticipated or how did you find the kind of experience? Yeah, I thought it was, I mean, obviously I still had a year of Lucy being a women's college and it was sort of preparatory things that we were thinking about and making sure that we had all the right, so like consent workshops going in and that we also wanted, as I said, to like very much protect the legacy and make sure that coming into Lucy was a special thing because it is a special place. I think there's a lot of spaces at Cambridge that are, you know, constructed specifically to exclude certain people. And it's special to like be in a space that wasn't, that was constructed to specifically include mature women and women. So yeah, I think keeping true to that and just like really making sure that it was a focus on gender inclusivity rather than um, feeling very sort of profit driven or 
excluding the students who had been here. We had a bit of difficulties with like housing becoming a bit segregated, but I think it's it's worked out all right. And there's still like women only housing as well options and um, also merging. Now we've just separated actually to have a JCR and an MCR. We only had an SU before. So that's been a major change as well. That all sounds really interesting and like also must be cool for you to have been kind of a part of seeing that process start to take shape and then now being able to be on the other side of it and see it all kind of coming to fruition and see how it's all working out. Um, Kind of a a little bit of a pivot. So the theme of this episode is International Women's Day. um, And I don't know if this is maybe too broad of a question, but where do you see kind of your role last year as women's officer and also this shift in uh, Lucy Cab's intake? Like, where do you see that in terms of International Women's Day and women's empowerment? And yeah, that kind of the larger, bigger picture. Yeah, I think this it's just like so much more work to be done. You know, I think a lot of the times when it's a focus on women it's a, you but you look at women's colleges and you see that a lot of them are actually starting to transition now I think it's very important that we don't lose sight of the fact that it's not just a matter of representing women within the university it's making sure that women are safe that women have all the resources that they need sexual health and just like safety and consent workshops and this there's a lot of actual policies yet to be made and I think coupling those with a lot of other issues as well especially with so many spaces in Cambridge not being gender inclusive um, and still having those same old structures that have always been in place and a lot of the traditions are still frightfully like quite exclusionary um, and it goes into all the different marginalized identities that we have an underrepresented background at Cambridge and I think constantly sort of centering that and making sure we don't lose focus on that in a very like because colleges can feel very sometimes like oh yeah these are profit-driven entities just sort of and I think the losing sight of the fact that we actually need to make sure that students are safe to be able to have a good education and these are our lives like this is every day like this is where we live and where we make friends and and just to like have those spaces feel as safe and inclusive as possible I think the JCRs and SUs are doing an incredible work and it's difficult when you see resistance from the side of the colleges or from the institutions but there's a lot of student activism that's so cool to take part of in Cambridge and really on the forefront of all these issues and it's yeah it's really inspiring. Yeah definitely so with that in mind like what are what are you doing to celebrate International Women's Day? Is there anything going on in college to kind of commemorate the day or what's the plan? Yeah, I think I'm actually going to a Women's Day formal at Lucy, which will be really cool. It's one of my favourite things. It's like in formal hall, it's all these portraits of like the women who were presidents and, and other really cool women. And that's not really typical, maybe when you enter a Cambridge, a Cambridge formal hall. So that would be really nice. And there's always a bunch of fun like initiatives I'm sure there'll be free food somewhere that I can go like scavenge but um yeah it'll be hopefully really fun and just like inspiring day yeah absolutely I guess kind of going off of that why why do you think it's important to celebrate International Women's Day or like what does it I don't know what does it kind of what does it mean to you or what do you think about on those kinds of days yeah 
I think it's important that it's not just like a congratulations you're a woman day like it's definitely more highlighting the structural violence and like the structural inequalities that um, women face and I think sometimes that can get lost in all the like celebratory very like businesses capitalizing on like women's oppression that's that's a bit of a a bit of an issue and I think a lot of times maybe it's easy to feed into that narrative by being like celebrating um but I also think it's good to celebrate and like I think the the organizing that women do every day and the looking out for each other and just like the amazing amazing communities that women hold are are so they matter so much and I think celebrating but also keeping in mind that there's so much to be done and so much work that we constantly are doing I think it's a it's a cool day because you really get to like feel political and also like just have fun as well like we all deserve some rest and like some positivity as well well thank you so much for being here it was really nice getting to meet you and getting to chat with you thank you for having me it was really great Next, we sat down with Blanca, the artist behind the Instagram account Eve Taking a Nude, to talk about women's empowerment through uh, body acceptance and body positivity um, and the way that beauty connects to International Women's Day. Hi, I'm Blanca. I am I'm an artist. I have a Instagram page called Eve Taking a Nude. The premise of that page is that women slash self-identifying women slash anyone really, but mainly women, send me their nudes or their partially posed photos or sometimes they're just photos and I paint them um, surrounded by flowers most of the time. And the origin of this project is that uh, I started it at the beginning of the first lockdown. So back in spring 2020, I'd been painting more at that time. And I'd started painting myself to kind of become more body confident. So then I was painting myself more just for those reasons. And then one day when I was doing one of my daily, and I started painting my nudes a bit and started trying to take nudes just for myself. And then one day when I was on my daily sanctioned walk, you know, the 20 minute walk in the first lockdown, I saw some really beautiful flowers and I painted them on the same page as my nude. And I just had one of those light bulb moments where I was like, ah, it looks like Eve taking a nude. And then I just kind of, not to be arrogant, but I thought that's a really good idea. So then I just, searched everywhere to see if anyone had ever done it before and they hadn't and then I asked women I knew if they would want to send me nudes and they said yeah and then I got honestly so many in the first few months and it just took off from there. So you you're talking about art do you think art obviously can be such like a powerful tool as you were saying kind of changing people's perceptions of beauty and femininity like what kind of the conversations you're having with the women like do they find it like such a nice process to have that piece of art at the end and is it quite a cathartic experience for you yeah I think I think it can definitely I think the main thing that happens is that it helps women look at their naked body in a way that isn't just purely critical and in a way that isn't just purely sexualized um and I think that that is I don't know if it's maybe it is cathartic and I think it's just it's refreshing 
Um, I think too often we're only just thinking about what our body, I mean, I still fall into this trap, like what our body looks like to other people. And I even now don't spend enough time just being comfortable with it on my own. And obviously that can turn into narcissism, but there's something, I think because this is like a collaboration between the model and me, it, it's so, it's, it's like a collaborative project that's that is desexualized and that's like really welcoming so I think I think it, it does kind of create this like really this this just like space for kind of self-expression I hope that answers your question definitely I think that's really interesting especially what you were saying about how the experience kind of desexualizes people's bodies and the way that that creates like a new way of looking at and engaging with your body that doesn't have anything to do with its attractiveness. I think that like, that was definitely my experience looking at the um, paintings that you've done and how like the focus seems just so much more on the inherent beauty and just, uh, you know, people rather than people as sexual or even romantic objects. Um, So yeah, I don't know if that like resonates with you at all or if that's kind of been your experience painting them. And I was just wondering if you had any like particular reflections on your experience, on the experience for you of like the task of painting other women's bodies and if that's changed anything for you about how you think about your own. Yeah, I think it really has. I think, like I said, I definitely haven't painted the most diverse range of bodies and I would really love to paint a wider range and so you would think that because the majority of people who have been painting their body, their bodies are quite conventional, I would then start looking at mine and thinking like, eh, why don't I have bigger boobs? Or, um, But actually it's just made me see, you know, it's such a cliche, but everyone's body is so different. And I think something else that really helped me with that is um, swimming because I'm from Ireland. So I swim a lot in the summer and I'm also from Spain. And then like when I'm in London, I also do a lot of outdoor swimming. And there's such there's such a kind of solidarity and such a uh, beauty in women's changing rooms or also just in, not even just women, it's just like changing rooms in general where people are just comfortable getting naked in front of each other in a in a um, desexualized way and just seeing the variety of people that there are there. Yeah, definitely. No, that's all great. I mean, just to pivot slightly, kind of this episode is kind of centered around International Women's Day. So we're just wondering kind of what International Women's Day means to you. Like, what do you think of the, what do you think is like the importance of it? I think, you know, every day should be International Women's Day. I think it's just, you know, we're obviously getting better at recognizing the importance of celebrating women's contributions to, um, to art and to society and to different industries. So I just really enjoy around this time, you know, seeing the seeing platforms and publications celebrate, you know, women directors, women artists, women scientists, all of that. Um, and even though it's frustrating that there's only time for it, that you know that there that there's this is this is like a dedicated month to it. It's still a great time and it's an opportunity to celebrate. So. I think that's uh, an important part of it. And also just showing solidarity with women around the world and all of the beautiful things that happen on International Women's Day, like all of the marches. I hope there's going to be one this year. I, I think having a day where you're just celebrating womanhood is a beautiful thing, as long as you're 
being welcoming in your feminism on that day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess one other question that I have is like thinking about International Women's Day, but also thinking about, um, you know, the art that you do and art, feminist art more generally, where do you see like, or where would, I guess rather, where would you like to see your own art or the world of kind of feminist art going forward? Um, what kind of future do you hope that it holds? And and therefore, like, I don't know, what what do you hope that it will do for women more generally? That's a really good question. I think, yeah, it is a big question. I think it's funny because, okay, I'm just going to answer the question. I would, I would want, basically, I would just want more art galleries to have more women by art in their permanent collection because I think nowadays there are a lot of exhibitions of women's art and a lot of retrospectives of women's art, but I would like it to just be like a permanent thing that there are lots of art by women people of color you know all of that like it's not normalized because even if you do an exhibition that's not normalizing women's art because an exhibition is temporary so that's what i would like to see i would also like to see um women being able to being welcome to paint and represent themes that aren't just like womanhood trauma you know sex all of that. I mean, and I was going to say, I want that to happen. But then it's ironic, obviously, because mine is predominantly about like, your bodies and like desexualizing your bodies. So I'm aware that mine doesn't really necessarily branch out of the kind of classic themes that you associate with women's art. But I mean, I would love to branch out if I had more time. Um, so that's basically what I want, like to just kind of normalize women talking about non-women issues and to normalize women being permanently in important spaces. And just thank you so much for being here. It was really nice getting to meet you um, and getting to speak to you about your art. And finally, we spoke to Inez, one of the events officers at Cambridge Women in Business, about some of the events that CAMWIP have got going on and how they're celebrating International Women's Day. I'm Ines, I'm a second year HSPSer at Homerton and I'm a current events director and incoming vice president of CAMWIB, which is the Women in Business Society at Cambridge. It's the largest um, women and non-binary student society at Cambridge and we put on speaker events, panel events, uh, mentorship opportunities and we're just there as a society um, for women and non-binary students to come together at Cambridge. Can you tell us a bit more just about like why CAMWIB is important? Like kind of what is the rationale between behind kind of having it as such a big and great organisation? Yeah, so CAMWIB started actually as the Women in Leadership Society and was renamed a few years later. But I think um, that's something very important that I want people to understand is we're not a corporate society. We're not just here to um, kind of showcase our sponsors, which are mainly um, you know, corporate societies in the city, but we're very much here to bring opportunities to women and bring women together. Even though we're getting closer to gender equality, there are still huge barriers to entering certain fields. Um, a lot of them are just to do with self-confidence and women not putting themselves forward in the way that men would in interviews and job applications. And so we're here to showcase incredible women that have done some amazing things in their respected fields and also just open those opportunities to students who might not even know those jobs are out there. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I've been to a few CAMWeb events um, and they're, they're always really, really fascinating. Like the kinds of speakers that you have on um, come from a variety of different backgrounds and different professions. And 
and also do a really good job of um, kind of centering what they're talking about a lot of um, around the experience of being a woman in, in the workplace and how you yeah. kind of deal with the challenges that that might present. So I'm kind of curious, like what um, event, what events have you put on recently, um, and what do you have coming up to celebrate maybe to celebrate International Women's Day and yeah, um, so we've had so many events this past year. Um, so this term, for example, the event that I ran um, was very coordinated with what I'm interested in. I'm interested in marketing. So I had the global CEO of one of the biggest marketing companies in the world come and speak to us, which was really cool. Um, we had the CEO of Ann Summers last week, uh, who was so inspiring and so open about um, her struggles to open up a company that is all about female empowerment in the bedroom when it had started as a company for men. Um, especially in such a traditional environment um, 30 years ago. Uh, we've had a women in politics event, women in property. So it's a really wide range of events. And what I love about CamWeb is when you're on the events team, you have all the freedom in the world to organize your panels um, or your speaker events. So it's really up to what you're interested in. Um, and International Women's Day, yeah. So we have a conference coming up on the 8th of March. It's our flagship event for the whole year. So we've put on... Um, probably over 50 events over the whole year, but that one is really the most important one. It's about kind of CamWeb as an organisation. Obviously, it's so inspiring when you have like a big team working towards like a common goal and everyone has a common passion. How have you found your role within the team? Like, what's it like? I assume it's a mainly or completely female-dominated team. So what's it been like working with everyone? Yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, I think it's kind of a safe haven um, from Cambridge life. And it reminds me a lot of my all girls uh, high school, which I loved. So it's wonderful. Like the CamWeb committee is such a cool group of like very inspirational women who are doing different things, but um, all doing it for the, a common purpose. And it's nice because even though we each have our own events to organize, you can always count on other people on the team to help you. So you're never really doing it alone and you wouldn't be able to pull off that many events on your own. So I've absolutely loved it. I think um, in the coming year, especially as vice president, I really want to push for more diversity. And I acknowledge that, you know, that's something we can always improve on. And that's very much something I want to put at the forefront of our events this coming year. Um, but I think our committee is a very committed group of people who do want to make that happen. So I think it's just going to be bigger and better things next year. That's really exciting, especially hearing that you're going to be vice president next year. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Um, so kind of with that, like sort of broader mindset in the context of International Women's Day, why do you think it's important? Like, why is it something that's important to recognize um, outside of just CAMWIB, but largely um, what are we what are we celebrating when we're celebrating International Women's Day? Yeah. So I think what CAMWIP stands for is um, in an ideal world, International Women's Day is every day, and that's what most of our events are for. But sadly, that's not the reality. And I think um, what's really important in that day is very much the international side of it. Um, and as an international student, I think that's particularly important. But I'm also not from um, an under, you know, a, a country where I don't have the same opportunities as men. But that is the case for many women around the world. And so actually as a very privileged community at Cambridge, um, coming together to remember that the opportunities we have, as great as they are, and as much as we want to push to get those opportunities, aren't the ones that women have around the world. Um, so there's a charitable aspect to um, the conference. A lot of the proceeds are going to charities. Charities will also be there to speak, because um, we realize that there's a lot to be done around the world. Um, but I think 
you know, it's funny when you kind of compare across countries how International Women's Day is celebrated. I know in certain countries it's just protests, in others, um, you know, people get gifts. So it's a very different way of celebrating it across the world. And I think it's important that we kind of have our Cambridge way of celebrating it, which is both celebrating our achievements um, and also seeing the impact as Cambridge students that we can actually genuinely have across the world. Um, so, yeah, we're very excited to kind of come together and reflect on that because it's so much bigger than us. I wonder if you can give us any little insight into maybe your plans for CAMWIV next year, like what kind of direction do you see the kind of society heading in? Yeah, um, so I think it's cool to stay on for an extra year because there's a lot of work that we've started that we can really keep going. So without revealing too much, I was in contact with some pretty incredible high profile speakers this past year who I really want to try and get to come to Cambridge. Um, but yeah, in general, we're probably going to be adding a diversity and inclusion role to the team, which we haven't had in the past. So very much having someone focused on including diversity in our events, but also um, in other aspects of the society. Um, and I really do want to bust the myth that it's a corporate society for women who know that they want to go work in the city. Like, I absolutely don't. I want to move to Latin America and I don't know what I'm doing, but like, that's my life plan for the next few years. Um, and that, you know, doesn't in any way undermine my role at CAMWIB. So I think I want to add more events for women that don't necessarily know what they want to do. And also social events, because as I said, we're first and foremost a community. And so just being able to bring women together um, and non-binary students, by the way, we're very much open to anyone who self-identifies as a woman um, or a non-binary student. And men can come to our events too. We've had some men come. They just can't speak uh, as like speakers. Um, so yeah, it's about helping platform the society because I think we do some really cool things and people don't necessarily know about us. So my kind of goal is to be the society that any woman and non-binary students who comes through Cambridge has a society to look to as a place of reference where they can feel comfortable and safe going to and have just incredible connections and conversations. So that's my ultimate goal for what the society is to become. Um, yeah, I think that's a like a super inspiring um, kind of direction for the society to be heading in. Um, well, we still have tickets left for our International Women's Day conference. So if you want to come join us and hear from some incredible women and be part of the conversation and be part of the change, then we'd absolutely love to see you on the 8th of March. But just in general, um, if you're a woman or non-binary student at the University of Cambridge, we are here for you. So whether that be to support you on your career next steps or just to meet some really cool people from across colleges, across your groups, across subjects, um, that's what we're here for. So I really look forward to meeting some of the listeners in the next year. Great, thank you so much for being here. It was really lovely getting to speak to you. Hello, my name's Sarah. I'm a second year theology student at John's and this is my poem. It's called A Record of My Daughter. It's inspired by Fiona Benson's poem, Eurofighter Typhoon. She greets me for the first time with gelatin eyes curled rhubarb skin, small hands like tiny starfish, opening and closing to the not-yets of the world. She smiles at me for the first time, with stalagmite teeth blocking the entrance to her stomach, fatty secrets lining those zip-tight blood vessels. She bellows at me for the first time, since when did the megaphone of her lips grow louder than my heart, 
The shadow of a curve protruding from breast to hip haunts me in the blindness of school corridors. It is me who will have to tell her all the things my mother did not and do all the things I said to my mother I would never do when I had a daughter. She kicks me for the first time. The potential of my belly like something dangerous. Thanks again to Sarah Degbite for her beautiful poem and contribution to this episode. And thank you to all of the guests um, who we had on this week. I had a really, really like inspiring um, and thoughtful time um, doing these interviews. And I really enjoyed just having conversations about the ways, all the different ways um, that women are kind of joining together um, and putting in the work towards gender equality and just creating um, environments and communities that are more empowering across Cambridge and kind of more largely, um, yeah. Yeah, it's been really great to hear about how everyone's celebrating International Women's Day in little ways or big ways and how we can incorporate all of those kind of values and beliefs into every day in terms of, you know, body positivity and empowerment and empowering our friends and people around us. So it's been a really great episode. Yeah. Liv, do you have any plans for International Women's Day? How are you going to be celebrating? Um, we are having an International Women's Day dinner with the women in the college, which will be really exciting. Um, and I think that's it. But that'll be really great because uh, Trinity is only kind of 30 percent women. Um, so it, it's nice to kind of do things just just the girls um, and keep everyone together. So what about you? Um, yeah, there's a there's going to be an International Women's Day formal happening at Homerton that I might try to go to. Otherwise, honestly, just like spending time with my friends and making sure that I'm, um, you know, letting all of the women in my life know how much I appreciate them and how much I care about them. Because I think above all else, like it's such a good opportunity to kind of like ground yourself in the love and support that you have um, from the communities around you. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Great. Well, I think that's it for this week, but thank you so much for everyone for listening and we'll see you next week.